0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to World at War Comics. Today, my special guest, Mr. Joseph Oliveira. Joseph, thank you for being with me today, man. I cannot wait to talk about um, everything that you're doing after Light like, comics. Man, when, when I first uh, went back and forth, I didn't realize how many titles you have put out in a very short time, man. You are a, a comic book producing machine, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I... It's... It's hard for me to um look back on and as well. You know, I'm always on to the next project. So it's I don't really look back that much. And as you can see I probably look back <laughs> there's a there's a few titles on the wall. That needs updating. Um but I'm running out of space a little bit, but it, it's cool. It's cool. I'm I'm just uh, incredibly grateful to be able to tell the stories, you know, and get them out there. So yeah. yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. Well, maybe before we get into Afterlight and your current Kickstarter that starts tomorrow, uh, maybe we could talk about kind of your, your path into comic books. I mean, is this something that you grew up with? You were always a comic book fan, or is this something later in life that you were attracted to? Um, when, when did that start?
1: Um, it started well. So basically, I've always had a passion for storytelling. Um, I started off, um, my parents brought me back a a small uh, video camera about the size of my fist uh, back from their trip from Las Vegas uh, when I was like 14, 15 Uh, and I just thought, what am I going to do with this? And I thought, I'll just mess around, make some short films, come up with some stories and it just evolved from there really and um, the short films got better, a bit better and better and just making them with friends. And it got up to the point where <clears throat> in like 2010, I was nominated for a young person's BAFTA award for one of my short films. Oh, wow. Um, that, yeah, I was down in Leicester Square and it was a big ceremony. Um, and that was awesome. You know, and really, it really gave me a inspiration and confidence that, you know, the th- stories that I'm trying to tell and things, you know, there's some, there's something there. Um, so my plan was to go to uh, try and go into Canada, get some work experience on film sets, you know, and try and break myself in there um, and just before then I ended up getting this uh, full time job at a car factory um, and the money was really good and I was planning on to save save the money, you know, have a bit more money before I went and the years just ticked on and ticked on and ticked on and you know, I got comfortable and then had like five years there and i was like oh i just this this sucks you know like i'm loading the same part into a machine every single day i need i need to get back to you know telling a story somehow um so i didn't have the time there because it was like 50 hour weeks and so i just started um i picked up the walking dead comic series just randomly And that really opened my eyes basically to uh, the comics world that it doesn't just have to be superheroes because superheroes never really uh, appealed to me as a kid or it was never really put in my hands. So it opened my eyes to we can tell like other non-superhuman stories, you know, and obviously horror was my kind of passion. So it really started from there. And, you know, obviously Walking Dead was horror. I liked horror so. It really helped with what looking at the panels and seeing how a pacing of a comic worked. And then it just led on to um, my first Kickstarter, which was Ghost Island Issue 1. Um, and that was successfully funded, thankfully. And it all just snowballed from there, basically. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's been amazing. I, I don't, Just so people know, I think this is your 40th Kickstarter, which is... Like you said, man, it's a, you're a machine, man. It's incredible. I think you started in 2018. That's when ghost Island, um, was first uh, published if I'm not mistaken. And since then 40 kickstarters and, uh, about 39 titles, 40, including the one that, uh, starts tomorrow if I'm not mistaken, correct?
1: That's right, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it just all snowball from there. You know, that, that first, first Kickstarter. And I've learned a lot from that first one and, um, it really, like I say, snowballed there. I'm always learning, you know, every single one forty 40 Kickstarers If you're not learning, you're not growing. And, you know, if if I wasn't learning, obviously we wouldn't have this many comics, you know, if I just stunted, because I did actually have one failed Kickstarter campaign, which was for Ghost Island issue two, um, where I was trying to bite off a bit more than I could chew and try and fund like a really large book. It was like uh, 40, 50 pages. Um Took a bit of a knockback. Um, could have gone away and you know felt sorry for myself and you know just fade off into the distance and you know it's a kick and you know it's it's a it's a hard bit hard pill to swallow you know when it doesn't work doesn't work out but it was incredible then experience for me and people really showed up you know for the the relaunch of coming back and that really gave me um, you know inspiration again because um, what we did was we split the issue into. A smaller comic into two, um, and then we just continued on from them. And, and you know, I, I learned a lot from that experience. You know, if say, if anybody ever has a failed kickstart, it's all about taking the positives from that into, you know, the the next ones. Um, uh, yeah, so I learned a lot from you know failures along the way. It's not all all uh, you
0: know all sunshine rough.
1: and stuff. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. That, I think that's very normal for an indie creator. I think uh, a lot of indie creators, including myself, have had a, a failed Kickstarter, so um, you can learn a lot from it, and uh, it seems like you did because you've been pretty successful since, so <laughs> I guess that's all good, right, So I mean, you've had some pretty yeah. crazy titles, right? I was just going through the website, man. Clash of the Cryptid, Slasher Royale, um, Wendigo Woods, Stay awake, Goatman, Moth Hill, Um, folk tales of the cryptid um man you've got like i i would love to understand like the the thought process and the story development process because that's a lot of different titles all within the same genre like are you just dreaming of like horror stories like how are you producing so much of this
1: yeah i just i I say to myself you know um i just, just the sucker for trying to find something on netflix or amazon prime that you want to watch but it's just not there (laughs) you know you scroll for like an hour and you just end up falling asleep or something because it's too late to start the film and so i was like what am i looking for more of? and i'm a i'm a big fan of uh you know high concepts uh simple ideas with like a bit of a twist on it you know that um like, start off with Ghost Island, my first one. It was always uh, Ghost Island, uh, but with Dra- sorry, Jurassic Park, but with ghosts. Yeah. You know, uh, Slasher Royale, Battle Royale with slashes. You know, it's people, you, you need that hook to get people in. And, <clears throat> you know, I've got favorite films. I've got like Silence of the Lambs. Um, and, like, it's like those favorite films that you like, you don't really get them. You try and find something like that. But there isn't like that. That's why it's great. So you know, some of those um, my favorite films. You know, you might see elements in in like Moth Hill. Like I always say, it's a bit like Silence of the Lambs. Imagine Buffalo Bill, but it's Moth. It's the Mothman. You know that kind of cra- uh, crime horror story element. Um, so I'm just trying to make more of what I like, basically, without you know just copy. I I hate. I would never want to remake something that's already out there because you know, it's, it's just pointless. Somebody can just watch, watch the film or something. but it's like certain elements of films that I like the most, you know, I sprinkle a bit of it in there and t- into the mix of this, you know, high concept idea that I really really like and gets me excited at the end of the day. You know, if you're like, like 50% or 60%, or, it's just like, you're not going to be, you know how long yourself it is to do a comic series, you know, it's, that is gonna turn into another full time job, you know, it's just a slog trying to get that out at the end really, of the six yeah. issues or whatever, you know. So it's really about um just taking these elements of from things that you already enjoy. I'm basically making I'm I'm selfish and I'm just making things that I wanna see and what I like. I'm never like pandering to, you know, readers or audience, you know, they wanna see more of this, they wanna more sure if they wanna see uh more of like a a series or something I'll, I'll you know, make more of it kind of thing, but I'm never really making it for oh they were like this So you know, so because I think you'll easily lose uh, focus on your 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 writing yourself, you you are writing for you know that if if you're enjoying it, hopefully other people are enjoying it as well because they're a fan of you.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I think it comes across as a reader, right, when you know that the the writer and the story there is uh, enjoyment in what they do, right? And that comes across as you're reading, right? And I, <clears throat> once in a while, you'll read a comic book and you'll see that <clears throat> not necessarily that maybe the writer's not enjoying the story, but maybe the writer and the artist aren't on the same page and you could feel it. It just throws everything off. And I think it would be the same thing if the writer is just telling a story to tell the story, but doesn't really enjoy it or is not invested in the story. Um, so yeah, I think that makes perfect sense that uh it needs to start with what do you enjoy first because that story has to come across. And when it does, it'll attract the right people, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's spot on, you know, about being on the same page with the artist, you know, quite literally. Yeah. Um I've I've been very fortunate over the years, uh like that to have this many comics is a testament to the artists that I work with as well, you know. Everyone's always, you know, most of the time on time with deadlines and stuff. And it's, I hardly request any revisions at all because, uh, um, because I come from like a, a quite cinematic background. I know I tell them how to frame the shots. And, you know, I'm not like, oh, you need to stick to this, you know, strictly, you know, it's all about their interpretation. But nine times out of 10, you know, it's, it's spot on. So we're I'm so lucky to have, um, Met some great artists to be on the same page with, like, like you say, because um, it can get tricky, and you know, I'm really fussy with artwork. You know, it's just it has to be a certain style. I, I think that's down to it being the horror genre as well. It has to look like kind of grounded and quite gritty. To to I like to have um the stories grounded, obviously, so um the reader is um can either relate to characters, or if they're in that scenario, you know, that kind of that kind of feel so yeah the artists uh have been great basically
0: i mean the, the art um looks absolutely incredible um you know luckily i was able to uh read thank you um for sending it over districts of the yokai um and man the art throughout that is brilliant i mean it's it's really good really really good mm-hmm. so it all came across really nicely and obviously the story was really cool and um i cannot wait to uh see issue number two man uh, the cover just if you go to the cover on uh on Kickstarter, this is a terrible I could probably pull it up, but the cover looks awesome.
1: <laughs> My wife hates it. <laughs> I mean, she, she, maybe, she more the, thing, or... <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, she hates horror. Oh, yeah, she does, really, I mean. she does really, she does really, she does really well at selling them at comic cons, so that's, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> She's just closes uh, it, it's and the hot- says, buy this. <laughs> buy this. <laughs> It's the whole, um, you heard the trip of, is it tripophobia or something? The yeah. fear of like holes and stuff. Like that kind of, but you can't look at it. So I know I've done well already.
0: <laughs> you got one person freaked out, that's for sure, right?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> can you, Um, sorry, can you talk a little bit about um, some of the influences? I know you mentioned Robert Kirkman um, is certainly a, uh, an influence. Are there other influences that you took from the comic world or the movie world? um that you would you're trying to like pattern
1: what you're trying to do within your comics um i'm just quite trying to kind of like um philosophy really is to just because we're in the um you know we're we're dependent on the funding uh, of the comics through crowdfunding basically through kickstarter and for me it's just important to um I really want to be like the top, the top of the pile when someone thinks of an indie publisher in the UK, that that's, that for me, that's, that's, you know, really great. And then hopefully we can go international and America, you know, you'll see us at Comic-Cons, you know, that, that's always the dream to to start touring there. Um, But yeah, just to start off from the UK and, um, you know, it's already great that people recognize us at Comic-Cons and, you know, I was just in London Comic Con um, two weekends ago, and people come through through the doors and saying, no, "the first we're the first table we'll at the stop that you need know, to come and see." You know, and this this is London. This is like there's so many stores and stuff, and that's just you know amazing to hear. So, you know, if we can keep growing, um, all in the right direction, the crowdfundings keep getting funded. I mean, we're at forty. You know, if we can keep growing and growing, um, I just want to, um. Respect the reader's time and investment. Finish the series that was started in, you know, um, a respectable time frame. You know, not four or five years uh, waiting for, you know, a four issue series or something like that. Um, my last crowdfunding campaign, for Four, um, funded this month. Uh, I've fulfilled at like eighty uh, percent a week after the campaign finished, yeah. and I just want to keep that that tempo up, you know, of um, for uh, loyal backers, new backers, that you will always get, you know, your comments delivered to you through Kickstarter because, you know, at the end of the day, there's a lot of crowdfunders out there that have took the money and ran and, you know, people lost, lost a lot of faith through the platform sometimes and that that takes um, backers from you and I, you know, from ever coming back to the platform. So it's about respecting that. Um, I just just want wanna keep telling great stories to be honest. I'm very fortunate, lucky position to be able to do that. So if I just keep uh putting another step in front uh in front of the other, you know, that's an all in the right direction. That's I'm more than happy to, you know, keep going.
0: Yeah. I mean, from a Kickstarter standpoint, it's so crucial that uh you're very upfront on when backers can expect their comic. Um and I I have backed things that it's been eight months, nine months, and I'm not sure when I'll ever get what I back. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. I'm not sure what Kickstarter could do um, unless they're, you know, it's not their first time in the platform. You know, they could obviously de-platform them um, from uh, Kickstarter, mm. but uh, unfortunately it happens, man. So yeah, you you help all of us um, when you fulfill as quickly as you do, right? Because uh, that's what people want, right? It, it's not a, a you know Kickstarter. Sometimes people look at it. And I don't know if in the UK they have kind of the same thoughts sometimes, but it's not a, a hand me out, right? You're not. It's not something free. You're you're just purchasing the comic through Kickstarter, right? But you're you're buying a comic book. I mean, you're you could go to the comic book store or you could go to Kickstarter it's very much very similar right except you're going to find a lot of unique stuff on kickstarter as opposed to the uh you know your traditional comic book store where um maybe it's a little more superhero focused like our comic book store here is probably 80 superhero and then the ones that aren't right are independents and they just don't carry a lot of independence so you got to go to kickstarter for those type of things so yeah i mean uh, you gotta you gotta fulfill quickly man (laughs) that way people come back and Want to support, right?
1: Yeah. Well, even if you don't fulfill quickly, I know not everyone can do that. But if, if yeah. you just from day one, I've always been open, honest, and yeah. where are you at with the with the updates and timeline mm-hmm. and things? Just be, yeah, become uh, like transparent. Yeah. You know, that's that's <laughs> okay and that's how you gain trust as well. You know, oh, they did say that. Okay. Well, I'll wait till then. you know, it's and I've been that from day one, and I think that's been crucial to you know, some of the success that I've had. Um, Even with issue two uh, of Ghost Island, when it failed, I was like just open and honest and apologised. I even apologised for like just uh, doing a bigger book and trying to take a bigger bite of a chunk that I maybe shouldn't have and, you know, got a bit ahead of myself and you know, we pulled our socks up and came back and, you know, fulfilled soon after that, you know, and uh, yeah, transparency, like you so, say, is just so key to uh, some of the success on Kickstarter as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you walk through a little bit of your portfolio of comics? Um, are most of them like four or five part series? Or do you have a couple that are ongoing that uh, you have a longer story and that people can kind of get really invested in? Because is it a little bit of a blend between the two, I assume, with all those titles?
1: Yeah, there's a few uh uh different different parts of stuff. So um Ghost Island was originally gonna be um, was my first comic series and was gonna be like my Walking Dead. You know, I was gonna do a hundred issues and all this. <laughs> I quickly realized on the NBC, yeah, you know, it's gonna be quite difficult. So um I'd love to have an ongoing series like number of issues and stuff, but in terms of indie managing stock, reprinting back issues and things. It's just, it'd be so difficult. Um, I'd love to, you know, maybe if we if we got to that stage, but at this point, you know, in the, in the journey, can't do any ongoing ones. But I have got like, um, in terms of ongoing, like a Folk Tales of the Cryptids. So that's like an anthology series and you get like four short horror stories, each based on a cryptid or something inside there. And we're on like volume three of that now. Um, and so that's like a, you know, volumes that you can get. Um, and I did a trilogy series of Goatman um, and then most of them, uh, Ghost Island was the longest, six issues we finished that, Moth Hill was six issues, uh, is, uh, six issues now we finished number four, it's just two more of that but I'm kind of sticking to like five, four issues for me now It's because it's just that time frame of you know, finishing that story and manage, again, managing stock levels and stuff we've got to make this um, Functional in terms of it's, it's a business, you know, we have got to obviously all the artists get paid and we need to manage how things are, how much is invested in places. And um, so to do like long run series, you know, we're going to have to print bigger books. The postage is going to go up. Obviously, we're in the UK. So a lot of my audience is like 30 U- 30% UK and 70% US basically um wow. so a lot of them go abroad um, so i try to you know keep the paper thinner for the single issues um and then we can go bigger for the book, larger books you know because expect to pay a bit more for the larger books mm-hmm. um but yeah just trying to keep the series really limited now because obviously in you know you, you have to manage all these uh these things um yeah yeah and so i know that going go to these conventions is the uh, the suitcases are getting too heavy to like, do <laughs> six series of everything now it's just it's crazy
0: your approach to uh, some of these shows are you taking everything that's on your website like a little bit of everything is that the goal is to try and put as much diversity in all your titles as possible or you've just focused like on the last two years maybe just because you have so many titles
1: no everything goes on the <laughs> table uh, Except the variant uh, copy uh, issues, they're only available for the website then. Um, just because there's so much limited space. Because they don't just publish my comics now. We we publish uh, a bunch of other people's comics. We publish uh, Andy Hamilton's Sons of Heaven, Orhei Hamalios, Elena, um, Section 7, uh, uh, which is a Polish adaption that we did. we crawl crawled from Dan Schmidt. And so we have to, you know, it's not just my table, you know. We, we put all all these other comics, you know, in full front view, and I think I'm I'm squeezing about thirty. I managed to squeeze about thirty comics on a six foot table now. Um, That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It is getting touch and go now, though. So I'm gonna have to start like squeezing some of these books into like uh, the trades. That's awesome.
0: Now. um, <laughs> So I, I didn't know that part. So you are actually publishing on behalf of other creators too, which is incredible, man. That's that's a that's like a whole nother business model that you have to set up for yourself, I assume, right?
1: It, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All a
0: horror genre as well. Like everything fits yeah. within the horror. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, everyone everyone's horror. Yeah. So uh Elena is a uh, was inspired by a two story. It's like a a German doctor that dug up his dead wife and tried to bring her back to life with medicine. Um, and then Worms Crawls in, like our zombie series that we've got with Dan. Um, and Sons of Heaven's like a Scottish folk tale. Um, so, yeah, basically, I when I started publishing other people's comics, it starts, the idea come to me was, I wish I'd have had a horror comics publisher in the UK somewhere to go to that would do what what I'm doing now, basically, um, or just approach and speak to and you know get some advice. So yeah, submissions are open uh, 365 days of the year on the website, um, where people can just post a preview of you know like a six page sample minimum of art to see what what, what what's happening. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm always scouting for you know other horror comics as well. Um, Elena was actually. Like top five uh, horror comics on Webtoons that I reached out to, and you know, we we put that in a vault. We, we do like a complete uh, hands off approach for the art system, like, right? So we take care of like the printing, the proofs, lettering, uh, shipping, fulfillment, you know, it's like, and then you, you know, they get the royalties of all sales and stuff. Um, so I tried to make it as easy and seamless for them, you know, as, as, as it is, you know. I'm I'm taking the helm of their book. It's it's starting to mean to get it in people's hands. So, uh, yeah, it's really exciting. And, you know, submissions come in. um, Always reviewing them and seeing what we're up to. And we've got um, a Japanese uh, manga artist. And we're doing our first horror manga comic coming around uh, early summer. Uh, I'm really excited about that because his style is just like epic. Junjito kind of. It's right up my street. As I say, most of these things are what I like. So, I want to share it with other people and hopefully they're on the same wavelength, you know, to, to, to get into it.
0: I mean, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I don't know about the UK, but in the U S uh, manga is, uh, really giving comic books, uh, traditional comic books are run for their money. And when you go to like a traditional Barnes and Noble, you'll have, I don't know, five rows of manga, and you'll have maybe one or two rows of comic books. So for someone who is my age that grew up on comics, it's just so painful. Um, But I do love Mm -hmm. manga, don't get me wrong. There's nothing against it. I I watch anime with my daughters because they don't read comic books either. They just watch anime on Netflix. And it's just, it pains me that no one loves Batman the way I love Batman or something. (laughs) But uh, It is what it is, right? But man, manga- It's
1: awesome uh, to see that thriving though.
0: It It is awesome to see it
1: thriving yeah
0: absolutely yeah no i mean it's it's great that it's thriving it's great that it's uh you know something that's attracting new readers right so they're still in graphic novels it's just unfortunately it's not some of the same types that i grew up with and uh Mm -hmm. you know it's just sad for me i have four kids and not one of them likes comic books so
1: i have failed as maybe one day so long time ago yeah Uh, well you know if like when I'm at these comic conventions, there's, a, there's obviously a big anime crowd as well, you know, a lot of anime cosplay. And at my table, I'm trying to, obviously, we're only horror uh, publisher house. So for me, I try to make a bit of everything. So I I say to you, do you like Slasher? We've got Slasher Royale. We've got Supernatural. Do you like Ghost Island? And, you know, it's it's going to come down to, to, like, anime, manga. We've got this, you know, new manga horror comic here as well. And once you bring them over to the table to see the my horror manga comic, they might look at the other comics and think, oh, you know, Districts of the Yokai, Japan, and, you know. It's, so it's kind of like trying to get as many different um, tastes to the table as possible. So maybe even when they go into the comic shop and see the manga, and, you know, maybe they'll see the Batman and say, oh, I like that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I hope so, but uh, it's not happening very often, Joseph. To be quite honest, uh, trust me, man. I, I like I have fallen in love with Demon Slayer, Chainsaw Man, um, what Berserk, Guts. I could read that all day long. I mean, so it's it's amazing stuff. It's just uh, you know, I'm, I'm a comic book nerd, um, through and through. So, um, but yeah, all, all good, man. There's, there's a place for everybody, right? Um, yeah. So let's let's kind of get into this Kickstarter, if we could, Joseph. This is pretty exciting, right? So this is issue number two um, for District of the Yokai. Um, can you kind of go into that first issue, which follows you? I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Yuto? Y- Yuto? Yeah, yeah. Yuto, yeah. Utah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it follows him. This guy is probably not the greatest guy when you look at his history, right? His nickname was The Ghost. Um, so he's <laughs> he's had kind of a checkered past, um but then you know something has happened to his family um i don't know how much we want to give all the the details away because if they haven't read one you you don't want to spoil it but uh unique character and what happens the tragedy that it takes place with this character kind of becomes the driving force toward the end of issue one and i assume continues in issue two am i on the right track
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah 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 um yeah, I can brief. I can brief the issue one if you like. Please. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really. So um, it starts, Cheers, It's it starts off with uh, obviously Uto and his son um in a park. And he's basically retired from the life as a hitman, uh, back to the area where his son and his former wife uh, were still. So he was distanced from them, um, you know, do it. Uh, doing these uh hits and stuff but the wife um actually passes away so it's down to him to leave that life behind and uh, you know be in his son's life again and you know rebound that relationship and, and build that up again but uh tragically um his son's killed murdered um by uh, a yokai that was in the wrong place at the wrong time and you basically districts of the yokai there's all these uh obviously districts in Japan that are ruled on the underworld by these yokai, actually based on Japanese folklore as well. Um and uh rule in each district. And yeah, so yuto doesn't really have any knowledge of this this yokai where they've emerged from. They just started they're starting to slowly merge into society and make appearances and stuff. Um uh, and that will come out further in the in the narrative, uh further down the parts but he begins obviously as a hitman. He's gonna go after revenge and find out who these yokai are, what they are, what they're doing, and who did this to his son. And yeah, it just spawns from there basically. Um, I, I kind of I, I am a massive fan of the John Wick movies, so you can tell probably this is inspired a lot by John Wick, and you know, but with a supernatural twist with the yokai and entity factor. And um, you've got a uh, yokai that all the districts that all sit at like this table and uh they all have their own little quirks and um like i say it's based on japanese folklore so they all have these you know different skills and weaknesses um but yeah it, this this actually started off as a one shot um that's why the issue ends kind of where it does because mm-hmm. um, i thought you know this was gonna end here but um actually put a Kickstarter update because I was having people come up to us at comic conventions saying, I really love this issue, Is They're going to be a part two? And I was like, no, I hadn't planned that. <laughs> um, so I just put an update on Kickstarter saying, does anybody like to see more of this world? You know, it was originally just going to be an anthology of one shots. And I had like 45 comments saying, hell yeah, do it, I want more, <laughs> you know, and all this. So it's like, people want to, <laughs> I really enjoyed writing this, so it's been extended into four parts now. So issue two, yeah, is debuting tomorrow on Kickstarter and uh, yeah, I'm excited to reveal this next issue. It's more of, you know, action horror and um in the second issue, um because uh Yuto is spilt the blood of a Yokai, every Yokai is like on a high alert and there's a there's a hit on the hitman's head uh <laughs> for the first time, so that's the way it goes.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was very John Wickish. Um, I didn't notice that until you said it now, but now that I look back at the, the issue, I'm like, yeah, I could see some resemblance. Um, a little bit, right? It's obviously a different story, but the character, there's some similarities. Will the, so there is a, a young lady that we find toward the end of the issue that helps him out. Will she also make an appearance in issue two or is her role ended now with issue one or is that revealing too much?
1: No, no, absolutely. So, um, the part that I didn't say is, um, he actually partners up with someone that uh also lost someone down to the UK, um, and she, yeah. So they follow through the story on part one, and yeah, she's just as integral side by side with him in part two. To, uh, um, yeah.
0: I I, I'm glad to hear that (laughs) because what the first thing that I (laughs) I went to uh, the Kickstarter page, which because it's in kind of uh, like view mode, you can't see some of the details yet, probably until tomorrow when it goes live and then the campaign button comes up and you can read a little bit more. The first thing I was looking for is, will she be involved in issue two? And I couldn't find the answer. So that was more for me, not for anybody else. I just, I'm glad to hear <laughs> it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm awesome. yeah, yeah. Even at the end of the issue, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm saying too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's all good, all good, man. <laughs> So um, tomorrow, 3pm UK time, it goes live. Um, so right now, people that are listening to this, they could go over there and hit the notify button. That way they're notified as soon as it goes live. That way you can transition from that follower to a purchaser and uh, get your issue number two. Um, that is, uh, like I said, uh I can, I'll i put up on the screen later, but, I mean, you can see the cover right here, which I think is fantastic. <laughs> no matter what your wife says, I think it's awesome. <laughs> it, it's so freaky, man. I love it. I love it.
1: So what is it? He's like a, one of the, the six yokai leaders, and on the actual full cover image, it's got uh, the girl's image in a framed photo and uh, Yuto's on the table. So nice. Give him a bit of description. The... <laughs> yeah. He um, doesn't well, yeah. show very much there. Uh... Yeah, that's it's awesome. gonna be a uh, just just a two week campaign as well, really short, like a Hill four was um, earlier this month, um, and then I'm hoping to fulfill it like uh, two three weeks after um, oh. it finishes as well, because the the production of it's completely finished. I just need to letter it, which doesn't okay. take too long, but um, it'll be a quick, quick turnaround for people again if they want to back it and. And when you back our Kickstarter this year, you get it like three, it won't be available anywhere else for like three months um, online yeah. kind of thing. So you kind of get that exclusivity. You get it first, you know.
0: Yeah. A little early uh, view before everybody else gets to see it. Right. Yeah. A little reward for backing yeah. idea, man. That's that's a great idea. No, absolutely incredible. Um, And then obviously you'll be able to add on issue one um for those like me that was not aware that this existed now i know so when i go to uh get my issue two i could always add issue one on so i, I uh have the I'm a, I'm a floppy guy so i have to have the physical man Awesome, <laughs>
1: awesome, awesome. yeah i've got the, the first part here the six guy one nice yeah that looks nice man um and yeah so we'll have the bundles we'll have signed copies we've also got like a, a yokai trading cards as well um um, we've got uh two variant editions as well uh, by guest (laughs) artists um this actually all spawned from uh this card game that we published called clash of the yokai i did see that Um, on your website yeah and there's like 40 uh yokai cards in there and basically you split the deck with um the other player and you, they've got like um, stats on them, like fear factor, mythos, stealth, and you're calling out the best stat against theirs, and then if yours trumps theirs, then you take their cards. So um, yeah, that that will be available as an add-on for people as well. If you want to learn more, of, like the lore behind, because a lot of that's what inspired me really. If some of the characters in in the deck are in the in the comics. So
0: nice. Is that kind of your approach um, when writing horror? When you can, is kind of looking at different uh, cultures and and some of the the lore that can be related to horror um within those cultures does that seem to help kind of be a
1: foundation for a good
0: story in your experience
1: absolutely yeah absolutely for um the like yokai um the the folklore or, uh, sorry folktales of the cryptids you know i'm like <clears throat> talking about chupacabra things like that um and it's important to get like details right but i don't want to follow like too much of what's already out there kind of thing i want to put like a bit of a twist on it because people then expect it to be a certain way um so yeah it does help but i try not to follow the tracks yeah
0: want to, to keep people me. on their toes right yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely yeah so can you walk us through kind of your calendar for um comic cons throughout the year um are you are you coming to the u.s are you uh Heading
1: over there this year or maybe not this year? No, not this year. Um I don't think um you know I've always I've always wanted to and would love to do, but I think um it's 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 the difficulty of getting the books over there and I know you can print the books there, but then it's the cost and you know, it's I've got three I think I've got four trades at the moment. Um I wouldn't take any floppies with me because um, you know, it's obviously but it's going to be expensive tripping to keep the costs through the larger books. I think through that one. Um, so, yeah, I obviously love to, um, you know, maybe I could do a stint at, uh, at another publisher and they could invite me over and get over that way. And then, you know, get my feet under the table kind of thing. But at the moment, it's, uh, it's a little bit further away. Um, but in terms of conventions in the UK, I've applied to like all the big ones. Um, they kind of don't let you know until like a month before. So can't really confirm where I'm going to be, but fingers crossed, you know, the, the usual ones, like London, uh, Wales and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Um, that's excellent. What is the comic book scene look like in Wales for stores? Is there quite a few stores, um, for people to get comics? Um, are they readily available? Like in most uh, larger cities?
1: No, it's it's quite uh, rubbish. Really. Um, so, sort of like my nearest uh, comic book shop is like fifty minutes away. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and Wales is kind of countryside yeah. type place. So um, even the nearest city, like Chester, that's not really got a comic shop. Uh, you know, I've, I've debated many a time of opening my own. It <laughs> might just be filled with my stuff so i don't know how many people would go what in do you, there. Got, you got about 40 people
0: uh, you could put in there <laughs>
1: know, true, true. maybe that's the goal that's the long-term goal um yeah I, i'd love to have a comic shop you know local but it's just yeah you know, there there must be a reason why they're not you know it's not doing so well so yeah
0: um, i feel yeah. like online also has uh made it so simple i mean a lot of the publishers in the uk that i've talked to um you know they do just fine online and through kickstarter Mm -hmm. and indiegogo so Mm -hmm. it almost feels like your success isn't dependent on a a comic book shop whereas in the u.s we still have a very strong like comic book shop culture so i Mm -hmm. i live a very small rural town it's a lot of cows um, I live near Palm Springs, about an hour away from Palm Springs, but even in my little town where I live, I have a comic book shop. It's a small one, but it's a, it's perfect. Um, Palm Springs, that area has two or three, um, you know, the 30 minutes the other way, there's another two. So we, you know, I probably within an hour have six comic book shops that I could get to. So, and I, I don't live in a big city, right. And then you get into LA and there, there's quite a few out there. So yeah, we're really fortunate. I think we're fortunate. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like a lot of fans still like to go to the shop and, and pick up their comic books on a weekly basis. And we in the U.S., I don't know about the U.K., but in the U.S., it, every Wednesday, everything drops. So every single Wednesday, you're going to your comic book shop to pick up your new comic books. Whereas if I'm not mistaken, in the U.K., um i think floppies are popular but the trades are a little bit more popular if i'm not mistaken correct some people look forward to the trade more than the floppy
1: um or not necessarily I can't really say to be honest. i can't really say to be honest because i don't i don't have one that i get to go in or you know, yeah, people yeah. About. yeah yeah that's awesome though six six comic book shops in <laughs> nearby that's that's <laughs> the dream you know i would, you know being able to walk into one you know you get in, buyer don't you? you know and as well yeah. being around stories like that yeah you know, i do miss being able to do that you know when i do go to a town and stuff i always make sure i go like and try and pick up some issue ones or something and you know grab them it's just not the same browsing online as it sometimes yeah um,
0: i agree I, I buy back issues or hard to find issues online but i like to go to my comic book store and i i work in san diego which is about two hours from my house and down there, there's probably, I mean, it's San Diego Comic-Con, right? So there's probably 30 comic book shops throughout San Diego. Um, so there's a lot of places to go to look for comics down there. Um, and uh, my wife doesn't know this, but I almost every day I'm down there, I stop at a comic book shop and <laughs> <laughs> at least browse right? and maybe not buy <laughs> yeah. every single time. I can't afford to buy every time because I have this other addiction with figures. But uh, yeah, I try to go down there and I'll pick up something. Like I was just down there uh, yesterday with my wife actually, and got some old Conan. So you know, stuff like that is kind of fun. You're not gonna find that's harder to find online. So I just rather go through old back issues and like, oh sweet, you know, this one of them has uh, Neil Adams did the art, which is uh, pretty awesome, man. Famous artist. So yeah, man, I, I love the culture of being able to walk into a store and and kind of touching and feeling and browsing maybe a little bit and. So, yeah, I I will tell you the the horror genre in the U.S. is on fire. It's probably the top genre in the U.S. for comic books right now. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with James Tynan, um, Mm. but uh, he's killing it. The guy has like a different horror comic book every week. He has World Tree, which is on fire. He just did a Dracula um, for Skybound, which is selling like crazy. Um, He's just he's him and Colin Bunn is another um, writer that is they're just so good at horror man they're just killing it right now but yeah horror is on fire and obviously you know spawn and Todd McFarlane they're kind of the the godfather of horror um just because you know 30 31 years ago when he started spawn that that kind of opened a lot of people's eyes to like he's kind of a superhero but on the other hand this is really weird, freaky, crazy stuff that's going on in your comic book that's not normal. So I think it's considered kind of superhero, but it's it's more horror um, than anything, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: So you're in a good space. No wonder 70% of your sales is <laughs> going from the U.S. I think there's an appetite for that, for sure
1: that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Joseph, man, I mean, this is awesome. Um, I I can't wait to, to get mine. Um, I will be there tomorrow at 3 PM your time, which is in the wee hours of, uh, my time but uh, i will make sure that i uh, get my issue one and two i can't wait to have those in my hand and read them and awesome. man, i have a lot to shop for on your website you know just for people that are hearing this for the first time they love horror yeah. and they know that you're the horror guy in the uk award winning by the way um the enterprise award so which is pretty awesome <laughs> um yeah where they could go to uh afterlightcomics.com is that what it is
1: yeah, after like comics.com is the, the official website. So that's where we have all the comics listed um, uh, officially. So basically I'm surrounded by all the comics here. So they, we, they get shipped uh, directly from me. And there's an option to add if you like them signed as well. <clears throat> um, yeah, so we ship worldwide as well, obviously. Um, also, if they do want to grab uh, any other comics, so I also make like the whole back catalogue available in the add-on section as well. So oh. you can add them on in the Kickstarter. I always try to uh, list everything. I'm pretty sure everything's on there. So if you want to, you know, bulk up the collection, you can you can do it quite uh, quite easily.
0: That's awesome, man. That makes it really easy for everybody. And then you can get a little bit maybe better shipping price when you put all those together, as opposed to going to the website oh, yeah. maybe later, right? Because shipping, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I think from the UK to here. As someone who lives in the UK, it's not too bad, but I've tried shipping books mm. to the UK and man, mm. like my little uh yeah. six dollar uh comic book is like thirty-seven dollars a cent uh, for what? It's, it's like crazy. Canada too, for some reason, is just crazy.
1: I don't uh, the the good the good thing is though that you've got the bigger probably comic reading audience in the US. Yeah. yeah. Rather than if it was like the other way around and it's thirty seven dollars to ship to the big audience, you know, that that'd just be a kill. I wouldn't be able to do I wouldn't be able to do that. It's just but well, there's a balance, isn't there? Yeah.
0: yeah, for sure. For sure, man. Well, Joseph, I, I don't know if we missed anything. Is there anything else that we would, we should cover, man, for Afterlight?
1: Um just uh yeah, so the website if you want to follow us on social media, we're on afterlight comics on Twitter, uh Instagram. Uh, TikTok uh, pretty much everything and there's a newsletter on the website as well and we only email you like updates of new comic series behind the scenes when we launch so it's like once or twice a month so not too abrasive there but yeah um, yeah that's about everything it's going to be a busy year um, there's like 10 kickstarters planned for this year Wow! Yeah,
0: you're you're producing like a Titan Comics. I mean, you're literally putting out <laughs> like it's different titles, right? But you're almost to like yeah. one a month, which is mm. insane. So we, we
1: and it we're, create, we're one, create, we're one down with Muscle Four now, and, and then yeah, Districts of the Yokai, and in and amongst that is uh, my first board game that I'm uh, publishing as well, in yeah. the Summer. So that's a different. Mammoth on its own, so I'm trying to prepare for that. Um, we're getting the pro, I'm um, getting the prototype in about two months' time, and then I'm doing my first UK board games festival, and it'll tie into one of the comic series that we've got as well. So, uh, I'm excited you it. A that, new so.
0: series coming that will tie in with all of that.
1: Uh, so it's an existing, uh, kind of series, I won't okay. say yet because yep. we are not announced, but um, um. Loosely based, well, I'll say it. it's it's like a, it's a cryptid board game basically, a survival horror. Um, and yeah, <laughs> you, have you can to play say that. on your own, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can play on your own, or you can play in the group. Ah, oh, I'll say, it, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> that didn't last very so, long, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it'll, it'll be coming out soon, so
0: that sounds awesome, man. That sounds incredible, yeah,
1: yeah. It's no never, never <laughs> record time, it's not busy, like I say, it's just it's mental in here but we're, we're we're cracking on and hopefully by the end of the year i'm either bald or gray so <laughs>
0: yeah exactly that's what that's what's gonna happen man hopefully you're uh you're yeah. just successful man but it seems like you you've got a model that's working and uh um congratulations man i think a lot of independent creators want to get to the point where you're at and
1: you're there my friend so that's awesome it's also you know as i say down to the success of um you know, everyone that, like the person that came up to me at comic Convention for the first time, you know, before the after the doors opened and people that back me every time and, you know, follow me. And, you know, that I owe a lot to them as well. And try and, you know, respect that and by fulfilling quickly, delivering, customer care and, you know, making sure I look after everyone. So, um, yeah, thanks to anyone watching that supports us as well. And new, new or old as well. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully
0: a lot, a lot of uh, newer folks will find you for the first time and uh, put some orders in. But uh, Joseph, thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Congratulations on all your success. Cannot wait to uh, see live tomorrow, 3pm UK time, um, which I don't even know what time that is. I think eight o'clock here um, in the morning. So yeah, get ready to uh, hit that uh, back button. And uh, we'd love to have you back on anytime you want, Joseph. You always have a home here. And we would love to talk about some of the newer things that are coming later on in the year. So just let us know, okay?
1: Awesome, Tom. We appreciate it.
0: Absolutely, my friend. We'll have a great uh, week. And uh, we'll talk soon, okay?
1: You too, man. Take care.
0: Thank you. Bye-bye.